Frisco podcast. To learn more about UR Frisco, please visit upburnfrisco.com. All right, y'all. Open your Bibles. <laughs> Today, we celebrate our Pentecost Day. <sighs> My notes are all discombobulated. Oh, there we go. Jesus, continue to give us the spirit of wisdom and revelation. Holy Spirit, open our eyes. Show us wonderful things from Scripture. Show us the nature of Christ. Continue to be the rabbi in our presence. Open up to Matthew 3.11, and we're going to do a quick Bible drill. So if you have a highlighter, now is like the perfect time to bust out your highlighter. So go to Matthew 3.11. Y'all ready? Matthew 3.11 says, this is John the Baptist saying, I baptize you with water for repentance, but one after me comes who is more powerful than I, whose sandals I'm not worthy to carry or untie. He will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and fire. Okay, go to the very next book. Flip to Mark chapter 1, verse 7. I love hearing those pages turn in your analog word. (laughs) Mark 1, 7. This is John the Baptist, and this was his message. After me comes one who is mightier than I, the strap of whose sandals I am not worthy to untie. Next verse. I baptize you with water, but he will baptize you with the Holy Ghost. Great news, right? Okay, flip to the next book. Luke chapter 3. This is Luke 3.16. John answered them saying, I baptize you with water, but he who is mightier than I is coming, the strap of whose sandals I'm not worthy to untie. He will baptize you with Holy Spirit and fire. Isn't this getting redundant? It's getting crazy. It's like he's trying to make a point. Do you guys remember? I, I remember the first time I read the Bible and no one really explained to me how the Bible worked. And I'm like, wait a minute, didn't I read this story before? And I'm, I'm like getting lost. <laughs> I, or like you read, you read through First and Second Samuel and then you read through other like Chronicles or Kings. And you're like, what in the world? Anyway, John the Baptist is saying the same thing, right? This is like, this is like his mantra. We're not done yet. Flip to the book of John. Now this, the way it's put in John is spread out a little bit more, but the, the same verse is in here. Let's start in John 1.26. John answered them, I baptize with water, but among you stands one you do not know. He is the one who comes after me, the straps of whose sandals I'm not worthy to untie. And then if you jump to verse 29, it says, the next day he saw Jesus coming toward him and said, behold the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. This is he of whom I said, after me comes a man who ranks before me because he was before me. 
I myself did not know him, but for this purpose I came baptizing with water that he might be revealed to Israel. And John bore witness. I saw the spirit descend from heaven like a dove and it remained on him. I myself did not know him, but he who sent me to baptize with water said to me, he on whom you see the spirit descend and remain, this is he who baptizes with the Holy Spirit. And I have seen and borne witness that this is the Son of God. So why did we just do this Bible exercise? And if you had a highlighter, I hope you highlight it. It's really cool because it's, it's super rare for a verse to be repeated almost verbatim in all four Gospels and, and it even appears in the book of Acts. And so similar to how John the Baptist would dunk people in water, I was hoping that this morning we would be dunked in this one scripture. They would be swimming around in the reality of this, this one scripture. This, I, I actually couldn't think of another verse that was repeated through all four gospels and the book of Acts. And you know, let's just turn to the book of Acts too. Go to Acts chapter one. And I just want to read this, this section at the beginning, because it's leading up to the greatest moment in human history. This is Acts 1, verse 1. In the first book, O Theophilus, I have dealt with all that Jesus began to do and teach until the day he was taken up. After he had given commands through the Holy Spirit to the apostles whom he had chosen, he presented himself alive to them after his suffering by many proofs appearing to them for 40 days and speaking about the kingdom of God. And while staying with them, he ordered them not to depart from Jerusalem, but to wait for the promise of the Father, which he said, you heard from me, for John baptized with water, but you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit not many days from now. So when they had come together, they asked him, Lord, is this the time that you'll restore the kingdom to Israel? And he said to them, it's not for you to know the times and seasons that the Father has fixed by his own authority, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all Judea, Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. And when he had said these things, as they were looking on, he was lifted up. How cool is that, first of all? Like, Y'all ever seen someone just levitate up through the clouds? The answer is no, you haven't, okay? <laughs> if you have, let's talk after service. <laughs> anyway, they're, they're watching this dude, that, that Jesus, the dude that they have walked with for years. They have, they have touched him, hugged him, high-fived him, fist-bumped, ate like pita bread and hummus with this guy. They have like tangibly touched this guy and now they're watching his resurrected body, which is flesh and bone, you see I have, raised into the heavens. That's crazy, right? That means that somewhere in some dimension of the heavenlies, there's still a body of Jesus, Jesus himself. It's, it's not just a body, it is all of Jesus in one place, right? Still, right now, isn't that cool to think about? If he ever shows up in your room, I dare you to reach out your hand and try to touch him because if it stops against the leg of a man, you know that Jesus is no other place in the universe except for in your room in that very moment. 
Now, the Holy Spirit has been poured out all over, right? Like, we got the Holy Spirit dwelling in us. We've got front row seat to all the glory of God. But if Jesus shows up, just know that, like, what, what an honor. You know, kind of like how he would show up to the, the apostles when they got imprisoned. Anyways, that was a bunny trail. <sighs> so John the Baptist came to show us and prepare us for the savior of the world. And his message was simple. I baptize you with water, but I dunk you in water, but you're gonna get dunked in God. And I can imagine him thinking, like as, he, as he's dunking people in the river, which was a lot, by the way. This is what it says in Mark 1.5, the whole Judean countryside and, and all the people of Jerusalem went out to him, to John the Baptist. Confessing their sins, they were baptized by him in the Jordan River. So you know that, like, his last name isn't Baptist, right? And his middle name isn't the. But, he, he, like, it doesn't say on his birth certificate, John T. Baptist. Like, <laughs> he's called the Baptist because that's what he does, baptismo, which means to dunk. He is John the Dunker. And if, it, if, if, if all of Judea and Jerusalem were going out to him, historians estimate that Jerusalem, the Jewish population in Jerusalem was like 100,000, but then all the surrounding areas was probably upwards of 4 million people, which means that this dude, this bull had more dunks than the NBA. Like, he was dunking people day... <laughs> And, not, and the whole time, he's probably saying, he's probably saying this over and over. Yeah, I, this is cool. I'm baptizing you in water, but wait. There's one coming after me who's before me, who's mightier than I. I'm not even worthy to touch his sandals, and he is going to dunk you in God. You're going to be immersed in the Almighty. And I bet John is, is starting to think like, you know, I can put you in this river, but he's going to turn you into a river. So when John was uh, imprisoned, he, uh, it was probably a, a very horrible situation for him. It's probably a, what felt like a low point in his life. He may have even suffered, had bouts of doubt and, and wondering if like he was right about things or if Jesus was the guy. And, or maybe he didn't doubt at all and he was just testing Jesus. I've heard good messages either way. But I, what we know is that John sent some of his disciples to come to talk to Jesus. And they asked him, are you the one or should we start looking for another? And here's what I think. John may have been doubting. But I think that more than anything, he had one message. He had one prophecy and he hadn't seen it come to pass yet. Because Jesus is, or John's disciples come back to John and tell him, you know, we're seeing these miracles. There's healings. There's people, the good news is preached. But John is like, that is nothing compared to being baptized by the Holy Spirit and fire. Yes, there's healings. Yes, there's resurrections. Yes, the good news is being preached to the poor. But has anyone been dunked in all of God yet? He wanted to see us pickled. 
by the presence of God. John was hearing these amazing reports, but he's like, no, y'all are still cucumbers. Y'all haven't been pickled by the Almighty yet. Useful to the master and very tasty, right? (laughs) And I believe that Jesus actually confirmed his, his mission wasn't just to come and do cool things. His mission was to change the very to create something new in us, right? This is what he says in John 37. He says, on the last day of the feast, the great day, Jesus stood up and cried out. He cried out. Could you imagine? Awkward moment, right? Everyone's just feasting and eating. It's wonderful. And Jesus is like, (laughs) y'all! If anyone thirsts, let him come to me. Whoever believes in me, as scripture has said, out of his heart will flow rivers of living water. Now this he said about the spirit whom those who had believed in him were yet to receive. For as yet the spirit had not been given because Jesus was not yet glorified. So there's a moment, right? An inauguration where the Holy Spirit wouldn't just be on people, but in people, right? And this is an echo of Jesus' promise to the, the Samaritan woman at the well in John 4, 14. It says, whoever, he's, he's talking to this woman and says, whoever drinks the water that I give them will never thirst. Indeed, the water I give them will become in them a spring of water welling up to eternal life. So the old way was getting a drink of relief and the new way is never thirsting again. He's the God who satisfies, right? Like, I love, I love hunger for God. I love, like, all the scriptures that says, if you're weary, come to me. If you're thirsty, come to me. If you're hungry, come to me. But what's the promise? You'll get rest. I'll quench your thirst, and you will be filled. He's the one who satisfies. That's amazing news. See, the old way of communing with God is, you know, once a year, the, the, the nation chooses one guy who is known as the high priest, and, and that guy goes through ritualistic cleansing and preparation for the day of atonement, and he's able to pass through from the outer to the inner to the holy of holies, and he's able to commune with God. And, and it was a provisional system for God to continue to be able to commune with people. Guys, hang with me, because God was done with that. He couldn't wait for that thing to be done with. And by one sacrifice, God didn't just make it so that we could go into the temple. He turned us into the temple and came into us. Like we're filled with God. The same spirit that raised Christ Jesus from the dead dwells in us. Have you ever looked down at your belly and thought, all the power of the universe is in an itty bitty space? Like, John the Baptist said that Jesus would literally take away (laughs) the sins of the world, carry them to a place that couldn't touch us. As far as the east is from the west, so far have our sins been removed from us. You know what's cool about that? If you fly north as far as you can possibly fly north, 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 and you hit the North Pole and you keep flying, now what direction are you heading? 
If you fly east, will you ever start going west? Which means that he's removed our sins from us to a dimension that we can't even get to. So how did Jesus take away these sins? How did he remove the sins of the world? Well, it's a pretty mystical reality that people have been trying to figure out for a really, really long time. But if you were just to boil it down to some of the things that scripture says, it's that when Jesus died for us, he didn't just die for us, he died as us. He was the vicarious man that he took on the very sin identity. He took on the very disease of sin. He is the great physician, right? Who carried our sin sickness into the grave and left it there. In Colossians 1.20, it says, through him he reconciled all things to himself, whether on earth or in heaven, making peace by the blood of his cross. See, all the sins were placed upon him. You can see this even like visually. Humanity, we poured out all of our rage on him, all of our accusation, all of our violence. He became the whipping post upon which we purged all of our disgusting, darkest things. We put him on the, the worst way a human could possibly die. We stripped him naked. We, we poured out our pride, our mockery, our rage, our, our anger upon him. And he swallowed it all. He absorbed it all and carried it down into the grave. And in 1 Corinthians 5, 21 through 22, it says, for as by a man came death, by a man came also resurrection from the dead, which means that Jesus didn't stay down there, didn't he? This is really, really, really great news. This is the reason why we don't fear death. This is the reason why we know that all the principalities have been made a public mockery, that while they stripped him naked to make a mockery of him, he stripped butt naked all the powers and principalities parading them through heavens to let everyone know that they no longer have any authority above the name that is above every other name. Flip to Acts 2. Let's see what it looked like when the promise of the Father finally manifested. This is Acts 2, verse 1. Pentecost was originally, it's the celebration, the, the feast of, of harvest. And so there's about to be this really cool harvest here in, in Acts 2. Verse one says, when the day of Pentecost came, they were all together in one place. Suddenly a sound like, a, like the blowing of a violent wind came from heaven and filled the whole house where they were sitting. They saw what seemed to be tongues of fire that separated and came to rest on each of them. All of them were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit enabled them. Isn't it funny that this manifestation of God, these manifestations of God are, are sometimes the, the things that are most feared or the thing, we think that these manifest, manifestations of God might be the things that alienate people. But what actually happened is when this crazy manifestation of God happened, 3,000 were added to their numbers. Makes me think that we should be a lot more welcoming 
of looking like drunk men. <laughs> allowing the Holy Spirit, not just, not just allowing or not just like honoring, but asking, engaging with, asking for fit, like, to be filled to the full of all the, the fullness of God. To, to experience these kinds of outbreaks and outpourings. So with Pentecost being the Feast of Harvest, Jesus alluded to a pretty cool harvest. He said this about his death. He said, unless a kernel of wheat falls to the ground and dies, it remains alone. But if it does, it produces many kernels, a plentiful harvest of new lives See, Jesus was buried, but he was a seed, and Satan forgot what happens when you bury seeds. He came back. And when he ascended, there came this moment days later when it, could you imagine, like, you, you've got Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, the Trinity from before creation, before time, the whole, you're like, in complete unity, in complete, like, the, the agreement about the plan for the redemption of the nations, and here comes this day, and the Holy Spirit, could you imagine the excitement of heaven when the Holy Spirit is like, like, let me at them. I'm going to get in that one. I'm going to get in that one. I'm going to get in that I'm going to get in I'm going to get them all. Like, you know, like, <laughs> do you imagine, like, finally, the Holy Spirit gets to be poured out in hearts that have been purified by Jesus's death. We've been turned back into a place where, where God can dwell, and now he can come. I imagine the Holy Spirit was really, really excited about that day. Pentecost was the undoing of Babel. And I'm not going to start a whole new like, topic here. I just had to mention this today. This is incredible. Back in the, the book of Genesis chapter 11, we know that all of humanity had one voice, right? They, they had one language. They all spoke, and they said to themselves, let us make this crazy awesome city with a crazy awesome tower and that we'll make a name for ourselves. Nothing will be impossible, like, and we won't be scattered across the earth. And God looks at this situation and says, if they finish this, nothing will be impossible for them, which means that that tower was not just like a tall building. There was something else going on in that moment when all the nations were gathered. It was the, one of the darkest moments in human history. It's very similar to when Adam and Eve could no longer have access to the Garden of Eden. That was the mercy of God in that moment. God was saying, they can't eat from the tree of life or else they'll live forever in this state. And God, again, in Genesis 11, in his mercy says, I have to confuse their languages because if they finish this, nothing will be impossible for them. And with their darkened mind, there's no telling the kind of evil that would be unleashed on the earth through this people. And so he confused their languages, scattered them across the earth, and the nations were born. You can read about this in Deuteronomy 32. All the nations were born in that moment. But God chooses this guy named Abram and says, he's going to be my nation. And through him, I'm going to birth a son through which I will re-inherit every nation. And Jesus comes along. And what happens at the outpouring of the Holy Spirit? It says in Acts 2.5 that they're staying in Jerusalem where God-fearing Jews from every nation. So they were scattered in Babel. 
they've gathered for the Feast of Harvest, the day of Pentecost, and there in the city were representatives from every nation. And when the Holy Spirit was poured out, what did these people from every nation hear? One language proclaiming the glories of God. See, God released the language of the Spirit. He released the language of love. He reunified his people. He wanted us all speaking this same language to proclaim with power this one name that is above every name. So instead of making a name for ourselves like they did at the Tower of Babel, now we get to lift up the one name in this earth under the power of the Holy Spirit. Matthew eleven eleven. this is Jesus saying, among those born of women, no one has arisen who is greater than John the Baptist. Yet I tell you, he who is least in the kingdom of heaven is greater than he. Can you say with me, I'm greater than John the Baptist? Now, now turn to someone. Turn to someone and say, I'm greater than John the Baptist. That's awkward, isn't it? It feels sacrilegious. Like, what a saint. Well, how dare you disagree with the words of Jesus? No one has arisen who's greater than John the Baptist, yet he who is least in the kingdom of heaven is greater than he. We have been born into the kingdom of heaven. We're reborn. We've been given the Holy Spirit, which means that the power with which we proclaim the gospel of Christ is more powerful than what John had. Can we stand together? If you have a communion cup, bust it out. I don't know if you guys have noticed, but we've been taking a lot more, I shouldn't, shouldn't even call it taking, we've been receiving a lot more communion together recently. I've just felt the conviction of the Holy Spirit to remember this sacrament, remember the Lord together. Do we have a bucket of those things? Thank you. As I said earlier, it's, it's fitting that we would be talking about building expansion on the day of Pentecost when so many were added to the number of the church. And it's even more fitting that we would remember his, his broken body. <clears throat> Which is us. We're the body of Christ being remembered, aren't we? On the night that the Lord Jesus was betrayed, he took the bread, and after he gave thanks for it, he broke it and said, this is my body, which is broken for you. Whenever you come together, do this in remembrance of me. So take and eat. Jesus, it's impossible to remember your body without also remembering your blood poured out Thank you for bearing up under the pain, bearing up under the humiliation, for despising the shame, for the joy set before you. We thank you now that your, your body is here and your blood flows through us. And in like manner, he took the cup and gave thanks for it. And said, this is blood poured forth for the remission of sins and the new covenant 
Let's take and drink together in church. Jesus, we thank you for the power of the Holy Spirit that is at work within us. We thank you for the new covenant. We thank you for the power, the manifestations of the Spirit's power. We ask God that you would continue to guide this church. And Holy Spirit, I ask that you bless all my friends in this room, every single one of us that have gathered. That you bless these people, Lord, with dreams in the night, visions of your goodness, joy from heaven, that virtues from heaven would fill their hearts, overtake their lives. We pray for freedom from all addictions, freedom from all oppression. We pray for the restoration and reconciliation for broken marriages. We pray, God, for healing in bodies right now, God. Even now, that you would correct things that have gone wrong and continue to knit our hearts together as a spiritual family. In Jesus' name, amen.